All right, Trebosai, a good evening, a gesinten zimmer to everyone. It is such a schos to be able to eat a little bit, make havdalah, well, make havdalah, eat a little bit, and now Baruch Hashem come to back to our beloved daf. It's hard, you know, it's hard on a day like today where there's so much, and the truth is, all I want more than anything is my daf, right? Because the daf is the anchor, the daf is what holds us. So we have to wait, but Baruch Hashem, the wait is going to be worthwhile. So Trebosai, today's daf is Lamed Beis. 32, we are picking up Emir Hashem at Lamed Aleph Amud Beis 31B. Is this for today? Yeah. Okay, so Yashkach to our Tafyomi sponsors, to our Tamatora sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock, in honor of their grandchildren, our Dafyomi Shun Schusavarafua Shalema for Yehuda Ben Michal, and our Week of Learning sponsors, Gail and Doug Stanger, a Mazel Tov to their grandson, Akiva Leib Weinberg, on his Bar Mitzvah this coming week, Bisha Tova Umetzlachos. Rebose, with that, let us, let us begin. So today's daf is Lamed Beis. We actually left off on Lamed Aleph Amad Beis, 31b, and we left off, Rebose, actually at... Vitarvaihu bidiyuka de Hamas Nisan. So just uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, nineteen lines up from the bottom, but it goes quickly. See, the Gemara says as follows. See, Gemara says, Vitarvaihu bidiyuka de Hamas And ultimately, again, the two opinions we quoted before, Avashi and Rava, ultimately are being medaic in two different parts of the Mishnah, or the two different parts of the Mishnah. This none. So we'll say, remember again, we're dealing with the following situation. We're trying to figure out a case where you could come up with Kimli Bidrabamine, to come up with a case ultimately again where you could avoid sim- or potentially have simultaneous liability or avoid simultaneous liability. So we'll say, listen to this case. Imagine for a moment it's Shabbos and you were going ahead and stealing an animal from someone and you're pulling the animal out of their Rishos. So the Gemara says, If, they're, if you're pulling the, the thief is pulling the animal out and the animal dies in the domain of its owner, Potter, ultimately again the thief is Potter. Why is the thief Potter? Because at the end of the day, he has not really stolen the animal for the animal has never left the domain of the owner. However, if the thief lifted up the animal or he removed it from the Rashus of the owner and then the animal died, the thief will be chayiv. Ravina daik meresha, racha daik mesefa. Ravina was medaik from the beginning of the Mishnah. Ravacha was medaik from the Sefa. Ravina daik meresha. Ravina was medaik from the beginning of the Mishnah. Haya moshcha viyotse umes pirshos bailim potter. If the thief was going ahead and stealing and trying to remove the animal, but the animal died in the rishos of the owner, ultimately the thief is potter. Why? Time of the mes pirshos bailim. The reason ultimately why the thief is potter is because the animal died while in the domain of the owner. I, but you see from here that if the person took the animal out from the Rosh Bailim and it died, you'd be chayif. Mishnah said, the last part of the Mishnah, if he picked it up or he removed it from the Rosh Bailim, the Mishnah is equating removal and picking up. Just like Hagba lifting it up, it comes into the domain of the thief. So to removal has to be coming into the domain of the thief. According to Ravacha, there's a problem with the Reisha. According to Ravina, there's a problem with the Seifa. As long as the item has not come to the domain of the thief, Ultimately, is considered to be in the domain of the owner. Say for the Ravina Lokasha, the Seifa Zanakasha to Ravina, Hotza Dumya Dahagba Lo Amrino. We do not equate Hotza 
with Hagbah. Good. I will say, so at the end of the day, that's the end of that sugya. J- just to understand what we took from this, this whole thing was an entire discussion of Kimle Bidrabimine. So remember again, I will say, let's just quick, quick, quick review. Kimle Bidrabimine means what? I go ahead and commit an act. The act results in dual liability. Capital liability, financial liability. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? You're chayiv for the capital case, for the capital, for the capital punishment, but exempt from the liability. And I will say, but when it, when it comes to kimli midirabimine, the most important concept is some excellent simultaneity. In other words, kimli midirabimine only applies where both where both punishments are incurred simultaneously. But if one is incurred one after the other, then Allah Khalamais, what's the Allah? What's the Allah? It'll be chayiv both. So I will say all we were doing in that last sujya was kind of going through some of these cases and highlighting how you could come up with certain cases of simultaneity and ultimately which were simultaneous, which weren't simultaneous. Beautiful. Let's go weiter. Right a person has relations with his sister. Doesn't feel like a good way to like begin the new... Uh, but all right, fine. Let's say, good. So, so what's happening over here? So let's go back to our Mishnah. So the Mishnah was talking about the case of Kinas. A man goes ahead and violates a woman. So the Mishnah said that Allah said, even if a person violates his sister... Our Mishnah paskind that there's knas, that ultimately there's a penalty payment. Why does the Tana of our Mishnah hold that if a man violates his sister, there's a knas? Why? Why? Because remember, what's the, what's the, what's the penalty for violating one's sister? Kares. Our Tana holds that the concept of kimlein bidirabimine does not apply to kares. It only applies to what? Right, chayvei misa beizdin. Right, only death pen- only death penalties carried out in the beizdin. But kares misa b'dei shamayim, there is no din of kimlein b'dirabimini. That's why our Mishnah holds that if a man violates his sister, he's going to have to pay the knas, even though even though he is subject to kares as well. Says the Gemara, say, let's analyze or mini arisa kasha elohin alokin. These are the people who get malchus. What's an example of a case that gets Malchus? So the Gemara says, If a man has relations with his sister, his father's sister, his mother's sister, his wife's sister, his brother's wife, or, this is his aunt, the wife of his father's brother, or on Anida. They will say, we're only hyper-focused on one case, which is what? Which case? Sister. What did the Mishnah both say? Now again, remember, this is a Mishnah from Meseches Makis. So what did the Mishnah just say? That if you go ahead, man violates his sister, what's the halacha? He gets Malkus. He gets Malkus. Now, both say, I want to point out something very interesting over here. The Gemara says, V'kaimalon, top of Lamed Beis, V'kaimalon, De'ena loke umishali. Now, both say, so we know that there is a principle from Meseches Makis. And what's the principle from Meseches Makis? We do, you don't get Malkus in payment. I will say, for, for some of us, like, you know, Malkus is usually one of those Masechtas you learn in high school, or, you know, so it's, it, this concept of Eina Loko Mishalim is like a famous concept. You can't get Malkus and pay. Can't get Malkus and pay. So we'll say, now we have a problem. What's the problem? According to the Mishnah and Malkus, if a man goes in and violates his sister, what's Ta'locha? What's Ta'locha? Malkus. And because it's Malkus, therefore what? Therefore what? No payment. Which means what? No Knas. That contradicts our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah said that if a man violates his sister, what's the halacha? Kinas. Yeah. So what's going on over here? Amr Ula. Lokasha, not a contradiction. Kan ba'achosa nara, kan ba'achosa bogeres. Interesting, I was saying. Two different cases. Remember, we saw this in the Mishnah. We actually made reference to this, but we haven't really gone deep into it, which is the din of kinas for violating a woman only applies to a woman who is a nara, doesn't apply to a woman who is a bogeres. 
for now, we are just taking that as a gzera sakasav. Just the law in the Torah. Why? How? What? We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So we'll say the Gemara Sa'ula says, it's not a contradiction. When the Gemara, when our Mishnah says that there's a kenas, it's talking about an ara. When the Mishnah Makis says that if you violate your sister, you have to go, you get Malkus, what, what does that mean? The sister is what? The sister is a Bulgaris. So because she's a Bulgaris, therefore again, there's no kinas. So the Gemara says as follows. What is that? What is that? What is that? The Artmans bring like the best stuff to share. What's happening? Good stuff. Wow. Okay, incredible. Incredible. All right, so the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, but one second. Take a look. You have a look at that, by the way. I don't know what it is. Iced tea. What did you, you get? Like a mixologist for the breakfast? What did you? Uh, yeah, ridiculous. You, need, you, you want like a little umbrella for that or something? Right. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, one second. Bogeres nami ha'ika boshes upigam. I say, but one second. Even if you want to set up the Mishnah Meseches Makis as talking about a bogeres, it's talking about a bogeres, and therefore again there is no kinas. I both said there are still other payments. In other words, the Mishnah Meseches Makis makes it sound like that if a man violates his sister, there is no payments. There is only malchus. So okay, you want to tell me that the Mishnah Meseches Makis is talking about the sister who's a bogeres? Okay, if she's a bogeres, then I know there's no knas. But I will say, when a man violates a woman, there's a whole bunch of other payments involved also. The Gemara says, Ha'ika, Boshes, Subagan. And I will say, Boshes literally is humiliation. Is humiliation. Pegam is depreciation. Depreciation. And I will say, how do you gauge depreciation? So the truth is, it's very simple. We, we, we gauge it as if a woman was being sold as a maidservant. Then what would be the difference in her value prior to the violation versus post the violation? So that's called depreciation. So even if halacha lamaisa, there's no kinas, there's still other financial, there's still other financial payments, to which most is incredible. To which the Gemara says, Bishota. Bishota, we're talking about a woman who's insane. Lacks capacity. And I will say, this is fascinating. Now, what happens if she's a shota? So we're assuming right now, she has no bosha. She has no humiliation. Which I will say, such an incredible thing, right? Humiliation is a function of awareness and capacity. If, you don't, if you're a shota, then what? You really don't realize anything. I will say, there might be a good muster in that also, that sometimes in life, it's good to be a shota. Right? Sometimes in life, it's good, at least... If you're not really used to pretend to be oblivious to certain things, because it's so much easier to let things just slide right off you. So the shota, the shota, interestingly enough, has no boshes, has no humiliation. The shota also has no no pegam, no depreciation. Why? Because the assumption is that in general, a shota, if she were to be sold as a maidservant, would not really fetch anything on the slave market. I have a What about tsar? We'll say Tzara's pain and suffering. What about that? To which the Gemara says, Bemafuta. Oh, we're talking about a case where she was seduced, not violated. See, the case of Tzar, of physical suffering, is only a situation where she was, where she was violated. But Allah Chalamaisa, if she was seduced, then we assume there's no Tzar. To which the Gemara says, Hashta da asis lahachi. Now that you've gone ahead and come to this, Afidu tema achoso na'ara. You could even go ahead and say that Mishnah Makis is talking about a sister who's a na'ara, and it could be be a soma, where she doesn't have a father, therefore the money goes to her. Umafuta, and ultimately she's seduced. Alma kasavru. They both say, What do you see according to Ula? Kolhecha di'ika mamonu malkus. This is very important because this is going to follow us for the rest of today's daf and into tomorrow's daf as well. The position of Ula. So I'll say, just so you understand, what we're doing is we're working through our concepts. So in the previous sugya, we were totally focused on what? Which concept? 
two punishments. I incur them simultaneously. You get the more severe one. The secondary one kind of is just dispensed with. Now, Ula is introducing something new. If you do something that generates a liability for Mammon and Malchus, monetary payment and Malchus, Ula says, you pay the money, you don't get the Malchus. Shabbos, what's happening over here is therefore Ula says, the case in Malchus that we just said before, of where a man violates his sister and he gets Malchus, according to Ula, we're setting that up as a case where there's no financial liability. So whatever the case would be, it's a Shota or it's a Nara who is seduced. So therefore, again, no, no financial liability. If there's no financial liability, then you get Malchus. But I will say the Shita of Ula is that whenever you have a liability of both Mamon and Malchus, you pay the money and you're exempted from the Malchus. So I'll say, watch this. Manali the Ula So where, did, where does Ula get this from? Where does he get this from? To which the Gemara says, Gamar, you know, it's, it's interesting, Moser, no? You know how, like, after a fast day, you appreciate everything so much more. Right? A person has a glass of water on any given day, and, like, it's a glass of water. Right? I will say, isn't it incredible? Like, mamish, like, you could be like you're drinking from the Be'er of Miriam in the desert. Like, that's just saying, like, to be able to hold on to that, to be able to hold on to that, like, it's the same. It's no different than persons driving and they get like into a into a, almost almost get into an accident. You know, like in that moment, your eyes are opened up and you have so much hakar. So I tell Hakadosh Baruch for always watching over you. How long does it last for? Right? Yeah, I was going to say four and a half minutes. Okay, say it's like 10 minutes, right? The point is, see, we, we ultimately in life, we have like these epiphanies. We have these awakenings. And the goal in life is to be able to hold on to them and to hold on to that. Because the truth is, a person should appreciate a cup of water each and every day. Just like a person should appreciate ultimately the fact that who watches over them every day. It's incredible. Where does Ula know this from? That whenever an act generates a dual liability of Mammon and Malchus, you pay the money and you're exempted from the Malchus. To which the Gemara says, Gamar me chovel bechavero. It will say this is learned out from the case of chovel bechavero. It's learned out ultimately from the person who injures his friend. This is very interesting. Mach Shabbosai, the Gemara says, What's chovel bechavero? Mach chovel bechavero di ikam Mammon and Malchus. So let's listen to this. When you injure your friend, like, your friend, this is not your friend, right? When you go ahead and you injure another Jew, there's dual liability. What's the dual liability? Number one, a din of Malchus. Number two, a din of Mammon. Then I both say, let's work backwards. Mammon, I understand, right? I go ahead and I damage Ruvain. There's a din of Mammon. What's the money? What's the Mammon? Oh, again, it could be a number. There's five different categories of damages that we're going to talk about that in just a moment. So there's damages. There's also Malchus. And I will say, why do you get Malchus for injuring another Jew? This is incredible. Look at Rashi. Chovo Bechavero. Ika Malchus de lo Yosef. This is incredible. And I will say, there is a love of lo Yosef, which says that when Beisdin goes ahead and administers Malchus to someone, Beisdin goes ahead and has a, they have a guy on staff. I don't know what you call him. I guess maybe you'd call him like the court physician. And what's his job? What's his job? His job is to assess the guy who's going to be flogged. And he has to come along and say, this guy is capable of getting uh, 26 Malkus. Good Kevavke, right? 26 Malkus. That's what he's able to get. So the halacha is that once the, once the, once the, once the um, defendant, uh, not defendant, once the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, rush, uh, the, the perpetrator, good, the perpetrator, right? Once he goes in and gets that number of Malkus, then the halacha is you're not allowed to add on. And if you add on more, that's a lab. 
Posse, listen to this. When you go ahead and you hit another Jew, you're in violation of Lo Yosef. Right? Why? Listen to this. What's the logic? What's like? Because if I go over to Ruvain, I'm hitting him. Was Ruvain was Ruvain liable? Right? Did Ruvain deserve that patch? I mean, of course, I think he did. Right? But 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 Lamaisa, halachically, he did not. Therefore, again, about I'm in violation of the love of Lo Yosef. Incredible, no? So listen to this. So I go over, I damage Ruvain. See, anytime I damage, I hit Ruvain and I damage him. So there's dual liability. Liability number one for Malchus. Because of the love of Lo Yosef and ultimately Mamon. So we'll say, what's Talacha? What's Talacha? So the Gemara says, Mamon Meshalim Milka Lo Laki. Ultimately, the Halacha is in that case that we make the person pay and ultimately he doesn't get Malchus. We'll say, that's Talacha. And we'll say, at the end of the day, that becomes the paradigm. That becomes the paradigm. Therefore, any case where there is dual liability to both Mamon and Malchus, you'll pay the money and exempt it from the Malchus. Af, call Hecha Deika Mamon and Malchus. So to any case where there's dual liability of Mammon and Malchus, you'll go ahead and pay the money, don't get the Malchus. One second. One second. If you go ahead and you injure your friend, that's a separate halacha. I'm chayiv in five things. What are the five things I'm chayiv for? I will say, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi's almost right across about eight lines down. Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Sheves, Uboshes. So we'll say Nezek is damages. Tsar is pain and suffering. Ripui is medical bills. Sheves, lost wages. Boshes, humiliation. Boshes, humiliation. So when you injure someone, that automatically opens up the door to these five categories of damages. I maybe will say that well in general money payment of money is looked at as a kula not necessarily true. I will say maybe Malchus is a kula why maybe Malchus is considered more kal because I will say Malchus is something that is administered by a beizdin. So because it's administered by a basin, maybe it's looked at as a bit more kal. Elagamar made him zomer. So what's we'll say? So just to keep our eye on the ball over here, we have a very simple task. What are we trying to figure out? We're trying to figure out where Ula gets his principle from. What's the principle of Ula? That whenever you go ahead and do an act which generates dual liability for Mammon and Malchus, Ula says, what's Talacha? What's Talacha? Pay the money, exempted from the Malchus. All we're trying to do right now is figure out how do we know that? To which the Gemara says, let's go right there. Says the Gemara, Ella government Edim Zomen. Ula learns that from Edim Zomen. So we'll say, remember again, what's our case of Edim Zomen? What's our case of Edim Zomen? Remember again, witnesses show up. They say Ruvain killed Shimon. What happens? Another pair of witnesses show up. What do they say to the first pair? Imanu Hayisem. Now remember again, the second pair of witnesses who show up are not testifying at all to whether or not Ruvain killed Shimon. They have no idea how Ruvain killed Shimon. What do they know? What do they know? That the first set of witnesses cannot have seen what they claim to have seen. So I will say, watch this. Then I both say, Edim Zomimin in general have both financial liability and Malchus. Now let's work backwards. I will say, now financial liability comes up in a case where the Edim testified, let's say that Ruvain owed $10,000 to Shimon. So if it's shown to be Edim Zomimin, then what's the halacha? There's reciprocal punishment, then ultimately the Edim Zomin have to pay the $10,000. There's also Malchus. What's Malchus, Rabbi say? Because if you are a false witness, you are in violation of the ninth commandment of Losana Bereacha Eid Shaker, of not bearing false witness. So Edim Zomimin is often a situation where you have dual liability, financial liability, and Malchus. And I will say, what's Talacha? So the Gemara says, Elagarm Edim Zomimin, Edim Zomimin, the Ikamamun Malchus. 
That remember, the Edim, they pay the money, they pay the reciprocal punishment, and they don't get Malkus. So Ula says, this is a paradigm. And the paradigm is there for any case where there is dual liability of Mamun and Malkus, pay the money, don't get the Malkus. Edim Zomen is different. Why is Edim Zomen different? Because Edim Zomen are unique in that they don't need Hasra'ah. They do not need warning. Now, we'll say, we're going to talk about that more. What does that mean, Edim Zomen don't need Hasra'ah? In general, any time that you want to go ahead and generate liability, you generally have to issue a warning ahead of time. So we'll see what that means. And if you want to say that in general, financial payment ultimately is considered to be more lenient. So the Gemara says, one second, Edom Zomen are dramatically different. Why? Because they didn't do anything. Now we'll say, what does it mean Edom Zomen didn't do anything? Now we'll say, what have Edom Zomen done? Right? What have Edom Zomen done? What have, he spoke. Dibor, speech, is not a maisa. It's not an action. It was an incredible maisa skill. Because in general, we know this in life. Speaking about what you're going to do means absolutely nothing. You could espouse the most beautiful life plans, espouse the most beautiful ideas, ideals, and aspirations. But if you execute, if you fail to execute, all the words in the world mean absolutely nothing. So the Gemara says, therefore, Edim Zomen is unique because Halach and were punishing people even though they actually didn't do anything. Ella, so remember, let's just kind of bring this all together. Here's what we've got. Here's what we've got. We've got Ula. And what is Ula teaching us? That anytime Halacha Lamaisa, one act generates a dual liability of both Mammon and Malchus, what's the Halacha? What's the Halacha? Pay, don't get Malchus. Gemara is trying to figure out, Ula, where do you get that from? Where do you get that from? So the Gemara has floated two possibilities. What was possibility A? Chovah Bechavero. Person hits and injures his friend. So again, you hit and injure your friend, there's dual liability. Number one, damages. Compensatory damages, mamon, and also malchus, because ultimately, lo yosef, you've, you've, you've struck someone who did not deserve it, that's a love. That's a love. And we see over there that taloch is, they pay, and ultimately, again, don't get malchus. The Gemara says, I but there's a stringency in that case over there. Finally, Gemara brought Edom Zomamin. What happens to Edom Zomamin? When you have Edom Zomamin, dual liability. Number one, malchus, because they testified falsely, that's a love. And number two, in a case where they're testifying about money, the reciprocal punishment will make them liable to money. And we see that in that case, halacha lamaisa what? They pay, they don't get malchus. What's the problem with the Edom Zomin case? Is ultimately, yeah, number one, they don't get asra. Number two, there's no maisa. There's no maisa. To which the Gemara says, you're right. You're right, you're right. To which the Gemara says, ma'atzad elo gamar tarvaihu. The truth is, Ula learns out his principle from a combination of both of these two cases. How so? What's the common denominator between Chovel Bechavero injuring your friend and Adam Zomin? What's the diff- what, What's the common denominator? Both are cases where there's dual liability, and both are cases where what? You pay the money and you're exempted from the Malkus. So I will say, what we could do is we could combine the two of them to create a paradigm. Af kol hecha di ika mamana malkus, mamona mishalim, milka lo lucky. I'll create a paradigm. And what's the paradigm? So to any case where there is dual liability of mamana malkus, ultimately pay the money and you don't get the malkus. So we'll say, so that's what the Gemara wants to say. You can't learn that from either of them, but like if I join them both together, chovo bechavero, 
and Edim Zolomin create a common denominator. They're both subject to Mammon and Malchus, yet in both cases, you only pay the Mammon, you don't get the Malchus, that creates the paradigm. That creates a paradigm. So in any case where there is dual liability, Mammon and Malchus, money, compensatory damages, and Malchus lashes, you'll pay the money and you're exempted from the Malchus. To which the Gemara says, one second, one second. Maybe the common denominator is that both of them have a unique stringency. To which the Gemara says, <clears throat> So I'll we'll say, and if you want to say ultimately again that Mammon is a Kula, Maybe the common denominator between both of them is that they both have a leniency. Ella, Amud Beis, Rabbi Osei, Lamud Beis, Amud Beis, Ella, Ula, so therefore, again, we're still stuck. Namely, we are trying to figure out what's the source for Ula's halacha. What's the source? Ula says that once again, whenever you commit an act that results in dual liability, Mammon and Malchus, you pay the money, you're exempted from the Malchus. We're trying very hard to figure out where does Ula get this from, we have been unsuccessful so far. Ela Ula, Tachas, Tachas, Gamar. Here we go, I will say. Ula makes a Gzeru Shava of Tachas, Tachas. How so? What is this? Ksif Hacha, Tachas, Asher Ina. It says over here by the man who goes ahead and violates a woman. There was Tahalacha, Tachas, Asher Ina. He has to pay the Chamishim Kesef. He has to pay the Knas of the 50 pieces. Ultimately, again, because he, Tachas, because he violated, because he afflicted her. Ksif Hasam, and I will say it says over there, Ayin, Tachas Ayin. An eye for an eye. Now we know, of course, eye for an eye is not literal. In the case of an eye for an eye, what's Talacha? A person blind, Ruvain blinds Shimon. What's Talacha? Ruvain pays Shimon, and Ruvain doesn't get Malchus. So we see from there, even though Halacha Lamaisa, when you go ahead and you blind someone, technically speaking, there's dual liability, there's damages, but also the act of injuring someone by definition results in malchus. Yet the halacha is, you only pay, you only pay, you don't get malchus. So, So I will say, it turns out over here that halacha la the way the Gemara's understanding is that according to Ula, he's learning Xer Shavav Tachas Tachas. It says Tachas in the case of the man who violates a woman. It says Tachas in the case ultimately again of Ayin Tachas Ayin. Just like Ayin Tachas Ayin results in dual liability, but you only have to pay, you don't get Malchus. So to will apply that to the case of the man who violates the woman. And now that I have those two cases, Halacha Lamaisa, that creates a paradigm. That creates a paradigm that Allah Chalamais, whenever there is a case that results in dual liability of Mammon and Malchus, you'll pay the money, you're exempted from the Malchus. Beautiful. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says, Shabbos say now, Rabbi Yochanan is going back. We're jumping back now. How do we start the new Sugit today? How do we start? We start with a contradiction between our Mishnah and the Mishnah and Malchus. Right? Remember again, our Mishnah says that if a man violates his sister, what's Talacha? What's Talacha? He pays the Knas. Pays the Knas. The Mishnah Makkah says he gets Malchus. So we had a whole, ex- we had Ula explained, essentially explained the way that he, he, he explained that it's not a contradiction. So now the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan has a different approach. Rabbi Yochanan says the truth is you could even assume that both Mishnahis are talking about a Nara. So what's the case? Interesting distinction. Rabbi Yochanan will say one is a case where you get, where you got Hasra. And one was a case where you did not get Hasra. So apparently, again, in a case where you got Hasra, you can get Malchus. In a case where you didn't get Hasra, 
he don't get Malkus. Alma Kasev Rabbi Yochanan. Shabbat Shalom, here we go. There Rabbi Yochanan holds, Kol Heicha Di Ika Mamanu Malkus, Va'asru Bey, in any case where you committed an act which results in dual liability of Mamanu Malkus, and you got Hasra, Milka Laki, Mamora Lama Shalim. You get Malkus, and you don't pay. Shabbat Shalom, the exact opposite of Ula. Fundamental machlokes, dramatic, riveting, overwhelming, earth-shaking machlokes, Rabbi Yochanan and Ula. See, here we go, Abba. And again, it's all based on how they interpret the steer, the contradiction between the two Mishnahis. So now, Abba, what Rabbi Yochanan is saying is like this. Whenever you commit an act which results in dual liability, has, right, Malkus and Maman, Rabbi Yochanan holds, assuming there was Hasra, you'll get the Malkus and not pay the Maman. So we're both saying, so we've got Ula who says, whenever there's dual liability, pay the money, no Malkus. Rabbi Yochanan, get the Malkus, don't pay the money. Let's analyze. So we're both saying, where does Rabbi Yochanan know this from? Where does he know this from? Amr Kra, because the Pasuk says, Because Rabbi Yochanan says like this, the Pasuk says, the Gemara over here is quoting the Pasuk, V'ayam bin they call the fun of Kedei Rish Aso. So the Pasuk itself is actually talking about the idea that Allah so when you flog someone, right, when you give them lashes, you're only allowed to give them the appointed number of lashes. Rabbi Yochanan is expanding this a little bit. Kedei Rish Aso means, Kedei Rish Aso is singular. You give someone that which is in accordance with their Rishos, with their evil behavior. Rabbi Yochanan says, what do you see from here? A person only gets one punishment per infraction. Per infraction. Okay. Now what comes right after that? We'll say, watch this. And what comes right after that, Pasuk? Malchus. So we'll say, what does Rabbi Yochanan learn from here? Rabbi Yochanan says, therefore, you only get one Malchus, you only get one punishment. And therefore, again, right after that comes the discussion of Malchus, which he uses to teach us, therefore, when you did something which results in dual liability... If one of the two, you can only, how many punishments can you get? How many punishments can you get? One. What's the problem? Which one? Which one? Oh, so the Torah says right afterwards, Malchus. Since the Torah discusses Malchus right after Kedei Rishaso, Rabbi Yochanan says, that teaches me that ultimately, again, when I can only get one punishment, the punishment I'm going to get is the punishment of Malchus. Incredible. So I both say, so th- th- this, is, this is really dramatic. So we've got Rabbi Yochanan saying that, Allah Chalam whenever you go ahead and commit an act which results in dual liability, Mamon and Malchus, you're going to get the Malchus, you're going to be exempted from Mamon. What is it based on? Two-part Russia. Number one, Kedei Rishaso, you can only get one punishment per crime. But which one is it? Which one is it? The very next Pasuk that talks about Malchus. So therefore, if one of the two punishments in question is Malchus, you're going to get Malchus and the other one is draft. I have already chovu b'chavero. So now we're going to ask Rabbi Yochanan, what about the case of a person who injures his friend? What about the case of a person who injures his friend? And we just said before, when you injure your friend, Rabbi Yochanan says, dual liability. Number one, there's Malchus, because you hit him unnecessarily. Number two, there's Mammon, there's compensatory damages. And we know, what's the halacha? The halacha is you pay, and you don't get Malchus. So Rabbi Yochanan, what do you do with this? Maybe that's talking about a case where there was no hasra, there was no warning. So where there's no warning, Rabbi Yochanan says, that's when you pay instead of get Malchus. But we'll say, first, why line, 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 we're almost there, almost at the finish line. But if halacha lamaisi, you get hasra, milka laki, mamor lamashalim. We'll say, maybe Rabbi Yochanan makes this distinction. When do we say that a chovel if you injure your friend, you pay money, don't get malchus? That's when there was no hasra. 
But if there was hasra, if there was proper warning before the commission of the act, then you'll get Malkis and you won't have to pay money. What about the following case? Right? Rabbi Ami said that if a person, most actually interesting case, let's say I go over to Ruvain and I hit Ruvain, but I hit him in a way where it's a maka that's less than a Shava Pruta. So by the way, what's a good example of a maka less than a shavar pruta? Sometimes it's good to know. Right? What's a maka less than a shavar pruta where there's no halachic liability? You bruise someone. Right? I go over, I give someone like a, like a massive dead arm. Right? And so again, so I have a big bruise. Big bruise. Now the truth is, there's, there's no like, I mean, I guess today, depending on your lawyer, you may be able to get lost damages, lost companionship, right? My husband can't hug me, whatever, you know. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, at least from Halacha, at least from Halacha, ultimately, again, there's no damages in that. There's no damages. So that's called, that's called an injury where there's not a Shavar Pruta. Shavar say, in that case, Loka. So we'll say, now there is a good case because there's a case because there's no monetary damages. Therefore what? Therefore what? You get Malkus. So Hechidami, what's the case? Idolo Asrube, if there was no Hasra, Amai Loka. Then ultimately again, why would there be Malkus? Elapshita da Asrube. It must be that there was Hasra. Now one second. Because there was Hasra, the time of the less was Shabbat Pruta. The reason you're going to get Malkus is because the damages were not a Shabbat Pruta. Ha is pe shavar pruta, but it sounds like over here that if you damage the person the way that was a shavar pruta, mamona mishalim milka lo lucky, that even in that case there would be financial compensation, not malchus, that contradicts Rabbi Yochanan. That contradicts Rabbi Yochanan. Case to which the Gemara says, no, 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 it's not a problem. Kedam Rabbi Yiloi, beferish rib satora, edim zomimin letashlumin, hacha nami beferish rib satora, chovel bechabero letashlumin. So I will say, listen to this. Rabbi Yochanan subscribes to the position of Rabbi Eloi. What does Rabbi Eloi say? Rabbi Eloi says, I will say that the same way that the Torah goes out of its way to teach me that Adam Zomamin always have to pay and don't get Malchus, so too the Torah goes out of its way to explicitly say that when a person injures his fellow, there's always damages and never Malchus. But let's just do two more lines. Where did Rabbi Lai make this statement? Aho, mi'idin anues ichploni shechayv lechaveiro masayim zos. Let's listen to this. We testify, so two witnesses come along. They say, we're testifying that Reuben owes Shimon 200 zos. Venim tzu zomimin. Let's say, it turns out then that another set of witnesses come and say to the first two, you can't be testifying about that loan because you said that loan happened at 10.30 on Sunday night. And 10.30 on Sunday night, you were with us. You were with us. Imanu ha'yisem. What's ta'locha? Venim tzu zomimin. Lokin umishalmin. Listen to this. They get Malkus and they have to pay. Why? Because Rameer says like this. Do you know why they go out and they get both? Because it's two separate infractions. Now, say, remember again, they get Malkus. Why? They get Malkus. Why? Why Malkus? Why Malkus? Ninth commandment. You can't be a false witness. And why do they get Mammon? Why do they get Mammon? That's the din of Edim Zomamin. So Amir says, it's two different infractions. There's no like killing with Rab There's two different infractions. The value today for them to be twice. Listen to this. The Chachamim say, no, no, no. Any person who pays, by definition, doesn't get Malkis. Why don't we just say just the opposite? Why don't we say that any person who gets Malkis doesn't pay? In other words, I, I got it. The Chum are going to say you only get one punishment. But how do you know that the punishment you get is money and not Malkis? You can just as easily say it's Malkis, not money. Here we go. Amrav Yiloi, the Feirish Rib Satora, 
Edim Zomen Latashlomen, because the Torah explicitly said that Edim Zomen have to pay. Where did the Torah explicitly say this? Heichan Ribsa Torah. So we'll say, here we go. Michtik Siv, the Pasik says, Vasisim Lokasha Zamam Lasos Liachiv. The Pasik says that you shall do to the eight Zomim, that which he wanted to do for his, to his brother. Listen to this. Yad biyad lamali. And I both say, here's the problem. The Pasik says, let me just read you the Psukim, because the Psukim are one right after the other. Vasisim Lokasha Zamam Lasos Liachiv. Right? When somebody's proven to be an eight Zomim, there's reciprocal punishment. You do to him that which he wanted to do to the defendant. Right after that, the Pasuk says, V'losachus einecha, einecha, nefesh b'nefesh, ayin ba'ayin, shein b'shein, yad biyad. So the Torah says, don't look away from punishing the Eidzomim. Do whatever you have to do, yad biyad. What's yad biyad? What, what does that mean? To which Rabbi Eloi says something amazing, yad biyad lamali, davar hanitan miyad liyad, teaches me about something that's handed from one hand to the other. I will say, what's handed from one hand to the other? Umay nihu? Mamun. Mamun. See, Sifun says, Rabbi Eloi, that even in a case where there's a chi of Malkus, ultimately, again, there's still going to be a chi of Mamun. So I will say, we're going to stop over here for tonight. But, but, but let's just be clear. Let's just be clear where we're stopping. Right? So remember again, we are in the midst of a fundamental machlokus. Actually, all right, yeah, fine, we'll stop here. So we'll say, so, yeah, okay, I got it, I got it. I'm getting the signal, I'm getting the signal. So, so let's just clarify just where we're leaving off over here. Right, so remember, again, what we're leaving off with over here is a fundamental machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yochanan and Ula. Right, in terms of when I commit an act that generates dual liability. In this case, the dual liability is mammon, financial, financial obligation, and malchus, lashes. So which one do I get? We're assuming right now you're not going to get both. Although we'll see a third school of thought as well. Ula says, when you get both, when there's a dual liability, pay the money, don't get the malchus. We went through Ula's entire drasha. Rabbi Yochanan comes along and says, Halacha No, no, no. When there's dual liability, you get the malchus, you don't get the mammon. But what we are coming to see over here is that according to Rabbi Yochanan, there are certain exceptions to that rule. And there are namely two, two exceptions. What are the two exceptions? Edim Zomimim, where even if you're Chayiv Malkus, you're still going to have to pay money. And number two, Chovel Bechavero, damaging your friend. Those will be the two exceptions to Rabbi Yochanan's rule. We, and Rabbi Yochanan it's based on Rabbi Eloi. Rabbi Eloi espouses those two exceptions. We saw the first of those two exceptions, Edim Zomimim. Why Edim Zomimim? Even though there's a Chayiv Malkus, there's still going to be a din of Mamon, Yad, Biyad. Emirat Hashem, tomorrow morning, we'll see the second of the two exceptions, and Emirat Hashem gets to the halacha lamaisa in this machlokis. Rabosai, shkoya. 6 a.m. tomorrow. 6 a.m. Ben Azmanen. Ben Azmanen. 6 a.m.